to the other side of Blackpool podcast. And if you live here in Blackpool, this show's for you. From high up in our attic room studio on Church Street, we share the true stories of what life is really like in Blackpool. Stories that are often overlooked, hidden, or under-celebrated. Hello and welcome back to the Other Side of Blackpool podcast. I'm Gillian Oliver and today you're joining us after a good lunch where we've also been chewing over the themes and questions of our time with our great group of Blackpool residents. Um, As usual, we're at Holy Trinity Church on Dean Street, Blackpool today and I have with me colleagues and friends, Emma and Chrissy. Hi. Hi. And special guest, Katie Myers from the Myers family of Blackpool. Hello, Katie. Hello. Welcome all. All right, to get us started, we have some breaking news from you from the BAFTAs, no less. We had the red carpet out today, didn't we, Emma? Yes, we sure did. So we had a bit of glamour today, um, playing the acceptance speech from British film star Samantha Morton. Um, So, yeah, she was up there accepting her BAFTA award and... For anybody that doesn't know her background, she was dealt the card. She was in in care as a child and her acceptance speech, it was really moving. She had a lot of people to thank, but especially dedicated it really to anybody who thinks that their future is determined for them by the cards that they've been dealt and to be like to say no you can you can do this you can achieve anything it was yeah it was really moving yeah uh this lady samantha morton you may have known her you may know her from minority report uh, jane Eyre. Um, she won the bafta fellowship previously given to people like alfred hitchcock and helen mirren um here's her at the baftas oh thank you uh, bafta i mean for me this is This is really nothing short of a miracle. It's when I first saw Ken Loach's Kez on a huge telly that was wheeled into my classroom, I was forever changed, forever. Because seeing poverty and people like me, my life and my family on the screen, I recognised myself. See, representation matters. In 2008, I directed my first film, The Unloved, and it was about faith, belief in God and it was hope and forgiveness but as much as anything it was what I wanted to tell little Sam homeless and cold hungry and alone that you'll have a family one day and you'll have a life beyond what the government statistics have laid out for you because you matter so don't give up you see the stories we tell they we they actually they have the power to change people's lives Film changed my life, it transformed me, and it led me here today. So I want to thank BAFTA for this extraordinary honour and for believing that my name is worthy to appear alongside past recipients. And this means more to me than they will ever know. But I've been helped along the way by some truly special people. I mean, far too many to list, but first and foremost, I want to thank the casting directors who believed in me enough to put me in front of some of the world's great directors. And to those directors and the countless actors and amazing crews that I've had the privilege to work alongside, I thank you. And I must thank Nottingham, City of Nottingham, and the Nottingham Television Workshop, Nikki Van Gelder and Jenny Rawlings for all the years of unwavering support. My darling husband, Harry, and my incredible children, Esme, Edie and Teddy, 
literally making my dreams come true. And I dedicate this award to every child in care today, or who's been in care, or is suffering, or who didn't survive. And as the amazing actress Chrissy Rock once told me, don't let the bastards grind you down. Thank you. <laughs> and Emma, it was quite a moment when we played that to our group today, because we've got residents of all ages and stages, but very often they've got snags and difficulties about living this life in Blackpool. Do you think there was any resonance for them today? What did you feel? Well, yeah, of course, like sometimes you can get disheartened by... Th- you know, what you're going through at this moment in time. We've met a lot of people that have come through our doors and it's it's built their confidence, hasn't it? You know, we're based up at Empowerment and that's what we like to think that the group does, empowers people to move on, move through their problems. It's always easier and more helpful when you've got a friend by your side to help you through it. So, yeah. Yeah, some inspirational content from the BAFTAs this week. Okay, and we had some breaking news of our own about Charlotte's case. Now, regular listeners know that the Disability Forum in Blackpool... Now, remind me, Emma, we set this up because... Because there wasn't one. Because there wasn't (laughs) one. And we fill in the gaps in town where we see that there's a gap. And this Disability Forum is supporting young mum Charlotte, who lives in Leighton. She's had council-funded transport to school withdrawn for her special needs son and now she has to push him in a buggy over two miles to school and somehow at the same time get her other son to a different school a mainstream school at the same time here's charlotte explaining her difficulty well he's had it for three years free transport and it's always been an absolute help for me because i can't i've got another son who goes to Leighton school so i can't be in two places at once their dad has work at half past six in the morning, so it leaves me alone. So I can't be an octopus and go one place, go, go the other way. But the council decided to decline it. And they said it's outside of the scope of the policy why it was declined. Okay. But it doesn't specify which, which policy. Well, Emma, you had some news to bring this week about Charlotte's case, a breakthrough of sorts. Yeah, so obviously I was doing a bit of research of our own. Obviously, we've been given the like the send transport policy to read through. We've sent numerous letters to the council looking for an explanation as to why the transport has been cut. They were saying they were going to send somebody out and measure it. You know, we we know the we know the backstory, don't we, from previous podcast episodes, but. This week, I was just determined to get an answer from somewhere. And obviously, I've been talking about all the money that got transferred to the truancy team in Blackpool because they're trying to get kids, you know, to school. There's a big problem at the minute. and They've had an influx of cash and the transport's been cut. You know, they haven't said that, but on paper, that's what it looks like. Um, So, yeah, so I phoned the truancy team and then they were sending us back to the council and the council sends you to the Sendias offices. So like we were saying in the meeting today, you just get stuck in the maze of just going round and round and round. And there's so many different services and charities in Blackpool that was like, there must be somebody else out there that can help with this. So phoned up the uh, Rideability, which they don't do school transport. Um, obviously, we know there's only one wheelchair or, you know, because Robbie would probably have to get wheeled in in his buggy. He's a little boy. Um, So there's only one taxi on the Fylde Coast that could do that. We can't expect him to work Mm -hmm. every morning Mm -hmm. at those times to get him to to and 
from uh, from school and then I came across uh, autism initiatives through the FYI directory and realised that it was literally just over the road from where we were sat in the office yeah, at the time. Yeah, this was so. Monday. You said, I'm getting my coat on, I'm going <laughs> over the road. And you came back and you sorted it. You've got, you've got Charlotte, her, her it's transport. Just, it's like to think that there's another charity on the doorstep that works seven days a week. They've got four minibuses, seven cars all doing this thing and they just need a referral from uh, a social worker or a Sendias officer. So Charlotte knows now that she needs to ask the school to get her a social worker because she doesn't currently have one. Um, but she'll be able to get one. Right. So just needs to get the wheels in motion to get the wheels okay. in motion. So a breakthrough <laughs> of, of sorts for Charlotte. She's on the case to see if she can use, this, uh, use the services of this charity autism initiatives that live just across the road from where we work and it just goes to show though that when uh, charlotte had her you know her, her this service cut nobody nobody in the council the school or anywhere had said do you know about this charity that might be able to help you so we, we just think that's a learning point as well so thanks emma for doing that and we had a couple of news uh, bits of news uh, from some road testing that we did since we last met so our chris she followed up with nhs talking therapies after it was our special offer last time uh you uh, well here's a clip from the video you can listen to it are you finding life a struggle perhaps you've been feeling stressed anxious or depressed the NHS is here for you. Our talking therapy services can help. These provide a range of psychological therapies that are effective for anxiety or depression, which are mental health problems that lots of us experience. You can refer yourself or talk to your GP. Go to nhs.uk forward slash talk to find your local talking therapy service. To be eligible, you just need to be registered with a GP. You can either fill in an online form, phone the service up, or email. Someone from the service will get in touch. They'll ask for more details about the problems you've been having. And Emma, what did Chris say about her experience when she tried to get in touch with this group to get an appointment about her mental health? So obviously the talking therapy is covered like such a variety of different, um, different issues that you might be having. So... Obviously, it had come up on the screen. Chris was like, I'm going to ring them. And she did. Mm -hmm. And she got a phone call like the following day and then has had to wait a week for an appointment, for like a consultation. A week? A week? Yeah. A seven-day? An yeah. old-fashioned week? Yeah. yeah. That's how long it, it takes to, to get an appointment? Instead of waiting... Well, we know what the wait times are for any mental health support. You're talking months. It's fantastic. Yeah. So she's getting her appointment this week. Um, and... There was something else that Chris did as a result of our meeting last week. She was interested in getting her badge to be a bouncer, um, SIA badge, and she followed that through with our friends from the platform that we spoke to on the last podcast. What happened after that? Uh, yeah, so they they phoned her up to say that they do cover their SIA badges, the security badge, and they do fund it as well. They've got no room in March, but she's in for April. Great. So there we go. A couple of um, a couple of things solved there in terms of mental health support and getting back to work as a result of things that we've covered in the last podcast. Great. Well, now our big talking point today is about mobile phones in schools, and I've got with me two mums, Chrissy and Katie, um, and we are going to be thinking and talking about 
mobile phones, should they be banned? Shouldn't they be banned for high school kids? Let's start by listening to Education Secretary Gillian Keegan on BBC's Radio 4's Today programme explaining the deal. What we want to see is consistency across the whole of the country that phones will not be used at all during the school day. So not during uh, break times and not do- during lunch times either. So that children can focus on socialising and building up those friendships and relationships that we all did in school and everybody else uh, massively benefits from for the whole of their lives. So over to you, Chrissy. Uh, you, you've come and joined the team as someone who's advising other mums about how to support kids who are being bullied at school. What do you think of this idea about advice to head teachers saying no phones for kids in school ever? What did you think? To me, it's a bad idea. Uh, number one, it's safety to and from school. Um, bullying can happen. It's not necessarily online. It happens in classrooms. It happens outside of school. A lot of the time when my daughter was experienced bullying, it was outside of school. Um so her being able to have a mobile t- uh, mobile phone at that time was a brilliant idea. She can video, phone me up, whatever. Um, yes, I agree. Mobile phones shouldn't be in class, but they shouldn't be banned all, uh, completely. You've got lunch times, you've got break times. They're having fun with their friends and filming TikToks or doing Snapchats or... I think kids have a lot taken away. They want to shorten summer holidays. Um, my daughter came home and told me they want to add an extra lesson, which means they won't finish till quarter past four. And you've got to stay in school till you're 18. And you're doing your A-levels when you're in, in high school. And it's like, just give the kids a break. I think there's more pressing things that we should be thinking about, like knife crime, um, missing children. 123,000 children go missing in the UK. Why aren't we concentrating on that? Yeah, thanks, Chrissy. Um, the research that you did uh, and the, all the conversations that were going on on the media hardly ever involved any information from ch- young from high school children themselves. No. And so um, you went home and yep. you got you got your you asked your daughter to send us a little voice note to yes, ask her did, what yeah. she thought. Yep. And here it is. I'm talking to my 14 year old daughter on the government implementing uh, banning mobile phones from school. And I wanted to get her opinion on what she thought, whether it was a good idea or a bad idea. I think that it's a bad idea because uh, people think that bullying uh, is more online than it is not online. And personally, I think it's more verbal. Kids are more verbal to people because it's bullying's mainly in school. So taking phones away, but just they'll find another way to bully people. And I don't think it's a good thing because I, we understand that we're not allowed them in class. Like everyone understands that, but I think I think we should be able to have them at break times and lunch times when we're not in lesson, when we're allowed to mess about with our friends, you know, play outside and everything. So I think that banning mobile phones is not a good idea, and we shouldn't ban them. And I think they should just keep everything how it is because we don't have a lot of rights in school, you know, going to the toilet and everything. And I think it will just make kids retaliate. So I think we should keep phones in school and not ban them. Katie Myers, you're somebody who's really involved in social media for your work. But as a mum, you've uh, you've taken your children out of high school altogether. Why did you decide to do that? 
I think in today's society, um, high schools are kind of like throwing your child into a lion's den. I think all schools say, oh, we don't tolerate bullying. They, they can't do anything about bullying. Mm-hmm. I think it's quite an awful environment. How do we expect children to thrive if they're having to get out of bed every morning knowing that they're walking into a, a situation of being bullied all day long? Um, I also think they teach a lot of things they don't need to know and vice versa. So there's many reasons. It might work for some people, but for my children and my family, it's not for us. Um, Now, I can imagine mums listening to this thinking, well, I'd love to home educate my child, but I have to go to work and I won't be able to pay the bills otherwise. You found a remarkable way of being able to educate your children at home and work. So how have you done that? Yeah, I was quite lucky. Um, So to begin with, I was working 70 hours a week and I sat there and realised, look, I need to take them out of school. How am I going to earn a living? And I was watching YouTube and one of the YouTubers was there on the screen and I thought, I'm going to do this. Knew nothing about it. Started from scratch and that was two years ago. So it was hard in the beginning. It's took a good year, you know, to build it up properly. But now I'm able to earn a living and take the children all round with me wherever I go. Uh, you know, two weeks ago we were snorkelling with sharks. We've done indoor skydiving. Yeah. We come to community groups and soup kitchens and hotels Isn't that better than sitting in a classroom? Well, I have to admit, it's rather persuasive. And the two that you've brought with you today are very well adjusted, polite, and they've taken everything in. In in fact, you've got um, Perry with you today. Perry, did you want a chance on the the microphone to say something about um, mobile phones in schools? What do you think about this week's debate? What's your view? Um, Yeah, I agree that you should be able to keep your phone because I know many times when the bullying was really bad for me um, and I'd be able to, like, get in contact with my mum and that'd help and I don't know what I'd do if I didn't because the teachers did nothing. Yeah, it's such a difficult... A difficult thing. So the the idea of giving up school and being educated at home did that just seem like a wonderful offer when it when you first heard of it? Yeah, I think I've I've educated myself way more than what I learn in school. Just from because that's that's the way I learn and everyone's different, and that's what works for me. Just before we leave you, tell me about indoor skydiving. How do they actually do that? <laughs> um, you get like a onesie on, and then it's like really really fast wind and it just blows you up and you go up this tunnel um and you hold the instructor's hands and you spin around and it was it was very cool wow you don't (laughs) get that in class do you no thank you very much perry and thank you katie and how can we find your work online katie uh so we're on all of the social medias um facebook is our our biggest one um but it's maya's family blackpool so just type that in and you will find us wonderful give us a follow (laughs) yes give it give you a follow and it's a real story that of entrepreneurism in blackpool do you know blackpool used to be the biggest place for entrepreneurism outside london so this idea that you've found your own way of making a living that also works with your family life bravo to you to all of you the other thing to add as well with that is that I wanted to do something that I could give to the kids so I'm teaching them we're all doing it together as a family and when I'm too old and past it which won't be too far away right now (laughs) they can take over they'll have a ready-made business for them that they can carry on that's just amazing and you said that Mark does a lot of the editing of the videos and you've taken a little video of our work today um, yeah, I it, need Mark's help. He's he's amazing. So I go to him when I'm stuck, and he does help a lot. He's brilliant. What he a great! Have learned that if he was in school yeah. either. So 
What a great team you all are. Thank you so much for your time today and for coming and sharing a bit of your life with us. Thank you. Thank you. Chrissy, can we go back to you for a second? The story of the week about mobile phones in schools, We did. Uh, you did do some work into what other countries in Europe and around the world do. And it feels like most people are going this way around, around Europe, would you say? Yeah, France has been doing this for about five years now. Um, but it's, it's not so much high school, it's primary and junior school that they're not allowed smartphones, they're not allowed smartwatches or iPads, so forth. Um, but if you reach high school or the age of 15 you are then allowed mobile phones. Um, Italy, for example, they hand in mobile phones at the beginning of the day and they get them back at the end of the day. Uh, Spain are following suit for 2024 um, 2024 and 2025 with Finland and Norway. Um, But there's a place in Spain and I can never... Catalonia. That's the one. Um, They have laptops for their children, so all the children in, in the class have laptops okay which gets away from the constant notifications and the distraction which is really what the government seems to be saying doesn't want children to be distracted yeah, d- by beeps and pings and things the all thing the time is, kids get distracted by anything anyway especially if you get my daughter she can't even sit through a film yeah. without her being up and running around <laughs> but we're waiting for her to get diagnosed with adhd yeah. but yeah. for years you as long if it had a dog in it you got her concentration mm. but the thing is kids don't learn the same as everybody, everybody's different, so they, not every child will learn the same. And that, that's, the problem, that's what they need to do. They need to see about maybe teaching children, if they need to learn different, what is it, what is it that makes them want to learn? And they don't do that. Well, we ended up having a big conversation about education for children, didn't we? And we just felt like we, we could have spent the whole afternoon here talking about that. So we'll have to come back to this subject. But to Chrissy and Katie and Perry, thank you so much for adding your wisdom to the, this debate and for crucially opening up what young people think, which has hardly ever touched on in the coverage that we heard this week. Well, that's nearly all we have time for. Just a couple of things. Um, one is to tell you that we are back here again on Wednesday the 6th of March 12th till 2 where are we Holy Trinity Church Dean Street Blackpool for lunch and to talk about life in Blackpool and also to say that um, it won't be long until we hear again from the head of benefits at Blackpool Council who always comes along occasionally and talks to us about cost of living so if you've got a cost of living question um, anything to do with benefits or um, council tax or funds or grants or just living and paying the bills then um, do let us know and use our Facebook page The Other Side of Blackpool and we'd love to include your question in our next show so in the meantime thanks everybody for coming along today thank you thanks bye and thanks for listening bye bye you've been listening to The Other Side of Blackpool podcast for people who live here all year round We're a dream of the Poverty Truth Network in Blackpool and the Fylde Coast. Find out more at povertytruthnetwork.org. If you like us, follow us and leave us a review.